All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Man Up Already podcast. Super excited to have you here today. And this is going to be an absolutely awesome, awesome episode. I have been looking forward to this one for quite a while. But before we jump into that, a couple of things that uh, got to make you aware of. First off, right, if you're watching this on video, um, you're getting a copy of this uh, through our Patreon um, supporters. So if you uh, don't know what that is, um, patreon.com, right? Re really, what's happening on the Man Up Already podcast is we're looking for supporters. And with supporters, you get some content that's not available to the general listening public. So um, check out, I'll make sure that I attach the link uh, on my social media page um, for getting involved with Patreon to support the Man Up Already podcast. If you love what it is that we're doing, want to take it to the next level, uh, which means that um, my Facebook business page for the Man Up Already podcast is live. Um, so if you check out John Puritz, no C in the middle, John Puritz, um, that is uh, the link to my Facebook page, Man Up Already podcast. I'll put some info on there on being a supporter on Patreon. So what comes with that? Well, you get the video, you get extra content like behind the scenes uh, interview or questions that I have for our guests. We're just giving extra content for those that support the, the podcast in a bigger way. So if you want to get involved and help us with this mission, that's a way to do that. Also, manupalready.com is back up. And if you shoot me out an email, I can tell you how to get a copy of the Man Up Already book, uh, which is available as well. The, the reason why I would recommend going through manupalready.com uh, versus uh, Amazon is that I'll sign it for you. Uh, if that's worth anything to you, right? You can get it on Amazon or you can go to manupalready.com, get it through me, and uh, maybe I'll throw in some extra things for you because you are ordering it that way. So go to, to, go to manupalready.com, shoot me an email. Um, I can send you out a PayPal for the book. It's 20 bucks and we can go that way. So just some to-dos, uh, some housekeeping things, but excited for where the podcast is growing uh, and where it's going. So our guest today is near and dear to my heart. This is gonna be um, a very heartfelt podcast because I'm so proud of this guy. Um, you know, it, it's just incredible how things work and what hard work does to put you in the right place at the right time with the right people. Uh, this guy is a living, breathing example of that. So our guest today is Jimmy King, trumpet extraordinaire. And he'll tell his story, but he also, he is the um, trumpet player for Bruno Mars. And um, he has just really worked his way to success. But what a lot of people don't know is that I met Jimmy King, who I knew back then as James King, when he was in sixth grade. That's right. Um, so how old are you in sixth grade? 10 or 11 years old? And uh, I was his teacher in middle school and had the opportunity for Jimmy King to be my student from sixth grade to 12th grade. Uh, I love this guy so much. I, again, I'm so, so super proud uh, of him and what he's done. I had to get him on the podcast so he could tell his story. Let me read his bio to you. There is a distinct difference between musicians who play for profit and musicians who play for the passion of the craft. Jimmy King is one such musician who fits solidly in the latter category. He discovered music in middle school as a way to follow in his brother's footsteps, but ended up carving out a niche for himself 
that shows not only his musical style, but demonstrates his passion in a way that moves his audience every time he picks up his instrument. Jimmy, a well-known Atlanta-based musician, earned his Bachelor of Arts in Music trumpet performance from Morehouse College and his master's degree in jazz studies from Georgia State University. Jimmy has performed and recorded with Angie Stone, PJ Morton, Monica, Mary J. Blige, John Legend, David Banner, and Janelle Monet, among a host of other artists. Currently, as we mentioned, Jimmy and his trumpet are gracing the world behind Grammy Award-winning artist Bruno Mars, with whom he has been working with for over eight years. So, man, what an incredible resume. Uh, I can't think of a better guy to have on the Man Up Already podcast. As you know, some of you know, I'm a former music teacher. And, and you know, it's just such a wonder that you never know how God's going to connect people and what you're there for. And uh, this was a life I had the privilege of pouring into at an early age. And uh, watching him go on and be the man that he is, is, is absolutely incredible. I can't say it enough. I can't say enough of how awesomely proud I am of this guy. So please welcome to the Man Up Already podcast, Jimmy King. So, you know, is it, is, so I, is it James? Or is it Jimmy? Like, you know, I'm doing your opening and I'm like, hold on a second. It says Jimmy. I know him as James. So what am I calling you on this episode? Um, either or is fine. You know, we, you know me for such a long time. Uh, you can say James, you know, I, so Jimmy came that, that was just a transition into when I really wanted to pursue becoming an artist or, or funneling that way. And yeah. so, um, that really was a, a, a um, a, a turn that when Bruno was like, well, you know, what do you want to be called as? I was like, well, I don't know, Jimmy. And then it turned into something deeper because my uncle always wanted to play. My uncle Jimmy always wanted to play music professionally. So uh, I took it upon myself. I was like, well, I'll just take Jimmy. <laughs> and it's like, I'm playing on stage with both of us. So, oh, awesome. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy it is, though in my heart you're James, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, man, it is so good to, to talk to you, to – yeah, we're on the podcast, but just, you're like family, bro. Like, like literally, mm -hmm. you know, there, I talk often that, um, I mean, we met, dude, it's 25 years ago. Yes. Right. And, and like, there's certain people, I, I say this all the time, there's certain people that you're tethered to in life. Yeah. And out of my entire teaching experience, there's probably three, maybe four people that I can say that about, and you for sure are one of them. Oh, man. Thank you. You know, the impact, I talk about the impact that you left on me all the time, and it's just so, um, it's amazing how uh, after leaving middle school and you came to the high school, it's like I probably would have never played again had you not became the director of the high school because I was so set on going to Stanford High and playing that when we got redistricted and I went to West Hill, it gave me a whole different feeling. <laughs> so it was like you being there reignited my passion for, for really music. And, and now, you know, I'm, I guess you could say I'm here. <laughs> That's where, where, where I'm at. So it's like it, you're, you are a major reason of how I uh, got to this place. A major reason. Because, you know, I... I was I was a knucklehead, 
<laughs> I was a knucklehead. So, you know, I, it, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's nothing but God that, that you were, because it was my sophomore year or junior year and that you came to West Hill to be the director. And it was like, yeah, I want you to play. Like, I just want you to play. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could play. <laughs> you know, and then you started out wanting to play, you were playing drums. Yes. Right. And then, and then got back, you were playing. I don't remember. There's so much I don't remember. I do remember yeah. you playing drums and were you were playing trumpet at the same time or? Yeah. So I was playing marching percussion. Um, Cause I remember I did, I remember I wanted to do marching percussion. And then I, uh, when you redid revamp the jazz band and you started the symphonic orchestra and the concert band, you were like, well, I want you to play the trumpet. And I had to pick up the trumpet in like two years from that point. And so from that, from that standpoint, it got me back into playing. And then, you know, my love really truly developed from that in the amount of music that I uh, was introduced to. Because I just didn't, I just didn't realize just the different avenues and the different types of uh, uh, music that was out there. I, I just never researched it. And so when it was, when you brought it to me, I, I really just expanded my mind on the possibilities of what could be, you know? So it's like, yeah. You know, there's, <clears throat> we could, there's so much to talk to you about. So I started the podcast uh, last year. You know, I had written a book uh, in 2018, really for your generation, but, and I think you've known this about me. You know, I was teaching music, but I was really, I was teaching life through the vehicle of music, right? Mm -hmm. And the man up already mindset is, you know, there are moments that you're created for purpose, number one. And number two, there are those moments of life where you, you got to pick your ass up and go and get to work, right? You just got to, you got to push right. through it. Yeah. So in created for purpose, like you're talking and I'm like, what, what you don't know is I said no to the high school. Like this is the power of God and the power of things and people come into your life for a reason because you have a created purpose, which you do, right? So right. In 1990, so I came into the high school in 99. In 98, we, we had Sophia in January of 99. So the, the high school had asked me to come, you know, come work for them your freshman year. And I said, no, because we just bought a house. We were having a baby. And Trish and I were like, how are we going to do that? And then they had a man come in. Right. And, and then through the workings of God, he, right? he couldn't stay and then they asked again and then the timing was right so it's just kind of amazing how things work to fulfill that purpose right right it's incredible that's incredible. incredible that's that's crazy <laughs> well i i love telling the story of how it was you know in sixth grade you were playing sax and if it wasn't for a really bad we only had we were starting a program together and, right. and there was only one trumpet player and he wouldn't practice and he wasn't that good. And I'm like, dude, you got to help me out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, can you just play the trumpet? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I still can see your face every time. Like he would play and I'd be like, you didn't practice, did you? He'd go, no. Nope. And I would just go like this and he would go into the practice room 
And, and you would always be like, I, I guess it's my turn. You know, like, I guess I got to step, I guess I got to man up. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, those, but here's the point, those little things you were in sixth grade and those little moments, or maybe it was seventh grade, right. When you really started yeah, seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. seventh grade, right. Those little moments, those moments of that guy ain't going to cut it. It's my opportunity. And, and so the, the reason why I wanted to have you on here, James, not, just because I'm so stinking proud of you, but it's your story. But it's not like people think, oh, well, it's happening to them because of this or that or, you know, no, there were Mm -hmm. moments, little tiny moments where you made a choice that unfolded the next step. Right. And so it's like, remembering those, those times is it. So for me, I would be, I would be the one but like, I don't want to end up like that guy. So let me let me figure out what I need to do in order to in order to uh, make myself like better. Like when like I need to I need to come in and I need to be on my stuff. Like I can't I can't allow me to be the the weak the weak link because you know it's it's from uh, what what really when I when it really pushed me to really get to the level that I'm at, it was uh, me being a part of a group called Jazzfix at Morehouse. And um, we really pushed each other to make each other better. And, and we, we also had some crazy conversations with each other. But uh, in those conversations, it was, you know, the, the one thing that we always said is that we're always stronger. We, we can only be strongest as our weakest link. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to be the person that was the weakest link or holding the chain down, I always wanted to be the person that, hey, even if I'm not the strongest one, I will be the next strongest one. Or I'll be, I ain't going to be with you holding up this shit. I, I don't want to be the one that's just riding on the shit, <laughs> you know? Because right. it's like, I, you, I really want to contribute. So every time, um, that really led to my love and my passion to really, and desire to want to be better. So I've always had this this passion to just figure out how to be better. Like even when it came to be me becoming uh, married and a, and a father, it's like how do I become a better husband and how do I become a better dad? Like like how, what are certain things that I could do to to be just better for for my family and for myself, but really for for everybody else because I want to be the best me in everything that I do. So it's so crazy. We, you know, you call it the man up. I feel like the man up is like it's the the mentality comes. It's like how you find the best version of yourself and get That's right. into that. You know? That's right. And and it's um, you know, I I've learned early on um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So what you just said is a living, breathing example of those moments. I watched you do it. Um, I mean, you played football in high school, right? And mm-hmm. and you kind of grinded it out there, but you had that mentality of, okay, I'm here. I'm going to be the best that I can possibly be. You did that in the band program, and you knew, you knew, um, as I did, that in that program there were people who thought they were way better than other people, oh, right? Yeah. Right? Because maybe they had some more talent, but you worked harder, right? And and who knows if those people are even playing today, right? Right? And here <laughs> you are right? Like doing what you're doing. So let's take that concept a little further. Okay. So you're, um, you graduate high school cause I don't know all the details. So uh-huh. you went to Morehouse from, from high school. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell the story of where you, what you were doing. You weren't a music major right out of the gate, right? No, I wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So um, right out of the gate, uh, I had a conversation with my parents going in. And, you know, the first conversation they're going to ask, where you go to major in? And so I did some, some research and I said, you, you know, I feel like I want to do something that will be, be connecting uh, humans to music. So I thought it would be cool to do, you know, psychology, you know, and, I'll, and, and look at how music therapy can help with people that are dealing with different mental disorders. And so I walked into our, I walked into the freshman orientation for the psychology majors and I sat there and they went through the whole litany of what it would take to get through, like not just undergrad, but graduate school. And I sat there and I said, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> That's just a little, bit too, a little bit too much for me. So then I changed my major and I ended up changing my major to, to business and there are I went through all the concentrations in business and, and it took me from the top of my freshman year to the middle of my sophomore year to really figure out what it is that I wanted to do. And it was, I just, it was one night I was going through, um, it was either um, business calculus or something like that, which I, I just don't like math. And so I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure, yeah, I'm trying to figure out this whole math thing. And so I'm, I'm looking at these problems and then I'm looking at my horn and I'm looking at these problems. I'm in my dorm room and I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to do this. It's like, I want to learn more about how to be better at playing the trumpet. And I uh, called my parents <laughs> at that point. Because I said, I'm making this decision, you know, because, and, and I knew it was a big decision because this is something that, that um, it's just so unconventional to major in music. It for, and especially with both of my parents that work, they worked at IBM. My brother, he's a, he's a teacher. My sister went to school and she went into business. So it's like, all they really knew was, was Fortune 500 business. You get your degree, you go work for these guys and you're like, that, that's what you do. And so when I called home, it was more so, you know, it was like a fear that of, of them thinking that I was going to fail. And the conversation became like, well, how do you know you're going to be okay? And I said, well, the first thing is, is that I, I know I need to follow this path because this is where I will be my best me. Like, if I don't follow this path, then I'm going to be living somebody else's life. That's, that's the first step. I was like, the second step is with me following this path, I know that God has given me this path, so I know I'm going to be okay. I know there may be some rough patches. They're, they're going to be this, they're going to be that, but I'm going to be okay. And so um, I hung up the phone. I went to the, the head of the Department of Music, and I told him I wanted to switch my major. And so he said that, it's, that as a freshman, you should have been taking these classes. And it was so ironic. I remember in high school, and I don't know why, like we, you gave, you had the theory class. And it was because of that theory class, I was able to test in to the right place. Oh my for, gosh. For my music, for, as a music major. 
So I tested in and I was able to, to get into, it was at that time, uh, advanced harmony. So I was able to, to test out of all the elementary into the second semester of advanced harmony to uh, become a music major. So it was like, <laughs> it was crazy just how everything came full circle. And then from that, and then from that point, um, uh, the, it was the relationships that I started to develop with the group that I was with because we started performing around the city. So we, um, we really came up at the time where Atlanta had, uh, well, Janelle Monet was here. She was developing a lot of different hip hop artists. They were developing at the same time. There was a big soul uh, uh, movement that was developing. So I was in this, this uh, underground artist, indie artist uh, pool that was mixing and mingling with a lot of people that were actually going to be the stars of tomorrow. And, and then from there, uh, that's when I started uh, able to tour with like, by the time I graduated Morehouse, I was with um, different artists and, and um, one artist in particular, PJ Morton, that really took my career to the whole next level. And it was through PJ that, that led to uh, myself and my other friend uh, being on with uh, Bruno. So it was like everything was a stepping ladder. And, and the guy that, ironically, that got the phone call for Bruno that, that saw us out with PJ, I met him in 2002. So he, he saw my whole progression from 2002 to him giving me the opportunity in, 20, in uh, 2011. So that's a whole nine years of him being able to watch on and off of my own development and saying that, hey, I trust you enough to put you in this position to not mess up my name. Because, you know, that's, that's all we have at this point. You know, when we put people in position, you want to make sure that your name is protected. And, and so uh, I'm, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just crazy how it, it went from me not wanting to pursue music to me pursuing music and then all these opportunities and stepping ladders that came like bit by bit that led to to something that I didn't even know would turn into I didn't even know or think it would turn into to this. Like right. none of us did. Yeah. Right. You know, the um in the book I wrote that there's four pillars that I think, you know, we've got to stand on as you build this life. And those four pillars are integrity, humility, authenticity and morality and so as i listen to your story you were standing on those i know your parents right i knew how you grew up yeah. you were standing on those pillars and because you were at, you know like you showed up and you went to work your foundation was solid and you went to work i love you know that you got your shot because somebody knew you know jimmy right they knew the man they knew the guy they knew that you were going to back up who you were, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, obviously hard work and talent and all those things, but those are the things I think that's what people miss. Right. You know, and, and here we are in COVID where the, the rules are being completely rewritten right now. Right, you know, yeah. What's going to get you to the next level? It's still those fundamental things. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, it's funny, I, I got to mention this. So these are those little tiny decisions. Your theory class in high school satisfied a freshman requirement in college. 
right? Yes. And not some little college, right? Morehouse is no joke. Yeah. I just want you to, this is, this is like, these are the things that I love talking about, okay? Uh -huh. I'm an 18, oh gosh, yeah. So at 18 years old, I graduate high school and I go to the Hart School of Music. Like, gosh, I could get so emotional. This I go to the University of Hartford as a liberal arts major. I have no music training whatsoever, save for the couple of private lessons that I took in um, high school because I went to Catholic high school. They have mm -hmm. no music program, right? So I go to Hartford um, and I go and audition for the Hart School of Music. And I wrote about it in the book. They turned me down and the lady's like, maybe you should do something else, right? So I took one class at the Hart School of Music and that was, in, that was theory. It was a freshman theory class and I kept the textbook. And I remember that book being so thorough that when, when the high school that, that you and I were at, when they asked me to teach a class, I said, well, how about we do theory? And I used that book. So you got a freshman course of theory, a freshman <laughs> college course of theory in high school. Like, yeah, high school. And, and, and then I left Hartford because they turned me down and went, and that's how I ended up going, you know, for music at the University of Bridgeport. It's just funny how those tiny little things matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. And it all intersects at the same time. You just never, you just never know. Right. <laughs> you know, we spend so much time thinking that we're on an island, right? Like that the world is kind of revolving around us and who am I in this thing and where am I going? And you know this, right? Because those are the mm -hmm. thoughts that you have. You're how old now? 35? 35, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that 25 to 35, that's a big swirly like who am i what the heck am i doing what happens next right and yeah and you're none of us are on an island we all do connect right people help us get to our purpose and our process helps others get through theirs right that that's that's perfect yeah i definitely agree is i i think that we we kind of lose the fact that as far as humanity goes we all do interact with each other and, and sometimes we kind of lose that 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 we may lose it in in our the understanding of it because we may have technology that kind of debunks that or other certain things but there there's something that when when you are in the midst of somebody's process like you never know what how you touch somebody until years later or how uh you know what you go through and the thing that the tidbit that you have and you are part of somebody else how that's going to help them years later you know and it's so it's so crazy me you telling me the story about you know you going to the heart school and and how you got turned down and then you had the theory book and then you use that theory book to teach the high school class it's like man you know i'm thinking of the kids that i that i'm teaching for for my private lessons or even at the school that i'm teaching at like when they get older, what is it that they may say about me? It's like, like, hey, you know, it's just this one thing or this one class or this one uh, uh, tidbit that you gave me that really imparted something on me that meant something to me way like a few years later or maybe 10 years later that that I'm just thankful that you able to, that you were able to come through my life. You know, so it's like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. 
<laughs> it is. When you stop and think about it, it's, it's nuts. Um, I was watching, and it's funny because Trish and I just talked about this last night, last night. And you are, you are a living, breathing example. And I, and I want you to expound on this, okay? So okay. Um, we were watching the chef show, which is um, John Favreau, right? You know who that is, right? Mm -hmm. So John Favreau was in Rudy, the geeky sidekick, right? He and friends was the guy Monica didn't want to date, right? right. The rich guy, right? Because he was awkward. And, and then John Favreau, right, starts to really grind on his career in 08, right? He directs Iron Man and then that whole run. But John Favreau in 2020 is now reaping what he's been grinding on for 20 to 30 years. Right. Right? He's like here now, uh -huh. but 10 years ago he wasn't, right? 10 years ago he might have been here, and 10 years before that down here. So talk about after everything that you've seen, the grind or, or what, what is, like, what is it? What makes one person, right, prevail and another person not? And I know it a lot has a lot to do with mindset. So just kind of talk about that a little bit. I, I would say, you know, the mindset is, it's the effort that, and, and um, it's the effort to want to continue to learn more about your craft and learn more about how to just, like what I said before, to just be better. I think some people kind of get caught up on maybe age or um, just a benchmark that, you know, benchmarks really don't exist for anything. You know, and I'm and I, I remember I was having a conversation with one of my friends and and he who's who's a little bit older than me and um, and I was telling him I said you know, you pursuing your career wherever it is that you want to pursue it, it doesn't really matter like what age you are. It just matters exact like what type of work you're willing to put in. You know, you could put any in, in any work. And I was just blessed to see my my both of my parents do it that have they both have second careers after they finished their first one. That they both went back to school and earned <laughs> college degrees in their in their fifties and their sixties. And it really imparted onto me like it doesn't matter how old you are or whatever or, or what you may have gone through or, or any type of situation, you always have the power to choose what you want to, to choose a different narrative. You have a power to, to God has given you the power to, of choice and to write the narrative to how you, to how, uh, to trust in what it is in the process that he has given you. So it's like, once you have, I, I, I really feel like, um, when you have your head down and, and, and sometimes people look at it from a standpoint of, if I just get 1% better today, and if you just have that mindset, I want to get 1% better today, that means by the end of the year, that's 365% that you've improved on yourself. Yeah, that's great. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's like, I think we, instead of looking at it from, and probably John Farber did this, like instead of looking at it from like a, a global view and getting just, bombarded by just maybe the the weight of of how you're not there it's like oh i could take a bite-sized chunk and i could be and i can get better at this and then take another bite-sized chunk then all of a sudden you you've eaten you probably ate a whole entire football field <laughs> <laughs> yeah. by the time you sit there you look at it, it's like, all these bite-sized chunks they they add up at, at a certain point and then, so it's it's really trusting the process and then and and, 
you know, I'm still trusting the process. I'm still trying to learn certain things. I'm still learning certain stuff about the horn. I'm trying to figure out how to get better. And I'm like, instead of me looking at it, it's like, oh, I want to be this guy. I'm like, okay, well, I want to be the best me. But what are the certain things I can fix that I can see and give myself rewards? And I, I'm like, I accomplished that. Now I can give me, that's a benchmark. Now I accomplished that. That's another benchmark. So it's like it's it's a few things that uh, that go with the the mindset. It, it's, I mean, that's like drop the mic. You know, I got to marinate on that a lot, right? Because there's just so much, so much <laughs> in there. Um, and and I love what you said, writing your narrative. Um, God, I'm 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 just kind of I'm blown away. I really am. Um, you know, just what you learn. You know, like just taking those bites and and looking at it. You know, I think. And I'm guilty of this and turning 50 this year just kind of brings you to that. Okay. You know, wow. You know, there are these moments in life where you have to stop and look right. So 35, you know, and I encourage people to do this stop for a moment. I asked, I'll share the story with you. One of my mm -hmm. partners here in Florida in my business, I stopped. He's, he's a little older than you. And I said, um, have you ever stopped and written down what you've accomplished in your life? And he goes, yeah, it's not much. And I go, what? And I said, hold on a second. And I started to list them. Mm -hmm. And you watched like life come back into him and like, yeah. You know, and I think that we spend so much time grinding and saying, I got to keep going. And I'm guilty of this. this is why I'm sharing this because it took me 50 years to figure this freaking thing out, right? Mm -hmm. Is when you actually stop and take a look at what you've done, right? Anybody, right? You know that, and it's not like, okay, you're not maybe making millions of dollars. It, it, you can't put a price tag. I think you would agree, right? And what you've right. learned. You cannot put a price tag on the human being that you are becoming and your impact on the world around you. Right, right, right. You know, it's it, it, is is one of the things is is um is invaluable. Is is one it. of those things that there's not that you can't there is there is not a value that you can quantitatively put in place to really determine how you are affecting others around you. <laughs> so true. So true. All right. So now I want to I want to um I want to hear some stories. So. Tell me about the first time that you're backing up Bruno and you're on a big stage and there's thousands of people. Like what, what's that experience like? Like you're about to step on the stage and I've got to be there's a holy crap, I can't believe I'm here moment. You know, like is there that somewhere in that story? Yeah. Um, so that, that moment happened. Um, it wasn't, it was, it was the second tour and um, it was actually us getting ready for the Super Bowl. And I remember <laughs> we were, I remember, the, I remember, I remember you being on there. Yeah. And I remember getting ready for that and uh, we went into rehearsals and um, that's when we met Flea and uh, everybody. And I was just sitting there and I said, this is like for real. <laughs> like we are like this is I, the magnitude of the moment really didn't hit me 
until until we got up, we were as we were going up in the in our our riser as it was rising up, and you see the football lights and you see like all the cameras, and you're like, and I said to me, I said, I never would have envisioned. I never envisioned this. I never saw this. I never, this was like the magnitude of everything like hit at that point. And I was like, I am, I am doing something that a lot of people would never get to experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was, it took some time for me to get to that point. Cause when we first started, we were doing um, theaters. We were doing theaters and, and we would did we did a few TV shows. But it wasn't until like doing the, the Super Bowl where where I remember watching the Super Bowl performances and just sitting there and being wowed by by just the the magnitude of the moment from just sitting on my couch <laughs> and watching. And right. so being a part of it, it became that much more of a of a, a mind-blowing moment for me. Even when, I mean, because I remember when Bruno was, um, I mean, a lot of us remember when Bruno was doing like SNL skits. I mean, the skit when he does Pandora on SNL was just Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and he was just really just starting out through that whole thing. But I remember when you guys, um, when you performed on SNL. Right. Right? And was that the start of like the, the train? Well, the train... <sighs> The train started, um, it really started, so in 2011, when he, that was when he recorded his first album, uh, well, dropped his first album. We did the, his first major American tour, and that was Hooligans in Wonderland. Right. And we went on tour with Janelle. And it was, it was like a little bit of traction there. And then what ended up happening was uh, we started doing a lot of, um, Tributes. So we did the tribute to Amy Winehouse on the, what was it, the VMAs, and then came back around and did a tribute to Bob Marley uh, on the Grammys. And it was that when, it, that's when the traction really started to happen, where it was like, oh, like, and we, and we did um, uh, the Grammys that, uh, Whitney Houston passed away. We did um, uh, Runaway. Yeah. So it was, it was like a, a very like high explosive song on, on a, in a very sad night. And, and it was one of the things, those are like the memorable moments to where people, you know, saw us and they're like, oh, this, these, this guy is different and his band is different. And every time we would do these TV performances, you could see the traction starting the game, starting the game. So by the time, and we he gets to with the host SNL, which was crazy in itself. Um, it was like okay, like we're 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 getting we're getting there to that moment, and then that's when we did the the tribute to uh, Bob Marley, and then we ended up, and then that's when he got the phone call, ironically to do the Super Bowl and the World Cup, <laughs> but wow. but we didn't do the but we didn't do the World Cup, but. Yeah, so it, it was. So I remember. Cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I remember. So I remember watching you on the Grammys, and I remember. It's funny the things, and I, I told you about that moment I had 
um, after you had graduated when God was like telling me it's time for you to move on. Do you remember that me telling you that story? Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at you on the Grammys, watching the fulfillment of that. But, you know, here's Bruno and kind of you guys were where the band was in the background. Right. And -hmm. what I've seen over time is this. You guys have become like you're not just the trumpet player. You guys are a band. You take on many different roles in that. You know, I remember watching the manifestation of that in the, um, uh, what's that song that he did with um, uh, Mark Ron- Ronson, right? Is that his name? Yeah, you're talking about Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk, right? Uptown Funk, yeah. that video shows that band has, be- has has really, that was when I was like, okay, yeah, they've really, you know, metamorphosized. Yeah, you guys yeah. really melded in that moment. Um, so it's cool to watch, right, that that progression. And I think, you know, people go, oh, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars. Well, how long did he grind? Oh, oh years, years. I, he he told me the story to where um, he, he moved to L.A. from Hawaii, and uh, he had a record deal and then ended up getting dropped from that deal. And he was just basically um, – singing and playing at different places in LA. Um, and then that's when he got linked up with uh, his friend Phil and they were writing songs. And he, and he told me a story the first time he wrote, uh, uh, he wrote a song and he didn't get credit for it. Mm. <laughs> and it was like one of the things where I think somebody say, you know, it's like paying your dues or something like that. And he, and he was like, man, he said, I learned so much just by just just he was like how the music business turns into a doggy's dog like world that it it drove him to really like own his own stuff and to to do certain things and so when he um when he started shopping around just the way you are to different artists they were like well you we can't hear anybody else singing this but you Mm. and so uh, he was like, well, how about I just shop myself around to all these different labels? And he got turned down like a, by a lot of different labels. A lot of different labels turned him down. And it, it was like for various reasons. And it, all it just took was just one year and him and his determination not to stop off of a no. And I feel like a lot of times people just stop when they hear that one no and they feel like it's a failure. And I'm like, you know, a no is just saying it's an opportunity deferred. That's all. <laughs> it's, 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 that one person didn't. That one person didn't get it because now I bet you those people that are that said no are looking back and wish that they would have said yes. So, so it's like one of those things to where it's like you just because somebody told told some told you no, it does not mean that the the story it has ended. And I learned so much from him even saying that. I like I are not even saying it in those words, but that's what I took from that story. And I and for me, I was like, well, I need, I know that I've had my share of no's and I've had my share of yeses, but I'm just glad and thankful that I didn't let a no determine like my path. Because you always have a choice to to, to either take the no and let that no change your path or keep going down the path that you feel like and discard the no and go towards where you know that there will be a yes on the horizon. Yeah, it's, you know, in that, in that thing I was watching on Favaro, he said, um, I didn't know this, right? So I'm, I'm in the financial world. He's in the, fi- he was in the financial world. So was the guy who's, um, 
the top chef with him and they were talking to another chef and all of them were in the financial world. And one of the things that he said was, you know, you, when you grind on your passion, your ratios go up, your percentages of success go up because you're bringing a different energy to the effort. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like whatever you want to do in life. This is why we say if you're following your passion, right, things will turn out okay. And I firmly do believe that, right? Oh. But everybody's going to eat, excuse my language, the shit sandwich, right? It's coming. Oh. You, you're going to eat a lot of them. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, this is so good. So tell me about now being a dad. Like, how do you take all of this? You have how many kids? Two kids, right? Two kids, yes. Uh, boy, girl, both. What, what do you have? A boy and a girl. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So talk about how that is now for you. Uh, it's, um, it's humbling. <laughs> it's, um, it's one of the things to where as I... I live in two different realities, you know, and I talk to my, I talk to my wife about it. It's like, there's a reality of that. I live when I'm on the road and then there's a reality when I'm at home. And when I'm at home, it's a completely different, a completely different thing. It's like, I'm not Jimmy King, the trouble player that plays and does all this stuff. I am dad and I, and they want me to do dad things. And so. Yeah. They don't me, care. They don't care. Right. No. <laughs> No, they don't care about that. They like, and it's so now it's uh, it's just it's it's beautiful that um, my I get to see my kids grow up in a space that I that I didn't grow up because you know me being a creative and my wife she's a dancer we bring creative things to them constantly so it's like they're growing up in a different space than where I grew up in so I look at it from a standpoint of wow, like their, their exposure to things is just completely different. And so for, like, I look at it from that standpoint, but then I also look at it from, I need to, when, when I approach, I need to take a whole different approach. Like, I, like I'm not the, I need to be, hey, we're going to go outside and, and run around and play. We're going we're gonna to build Legos. We're going to do, I need them to understand. It's like, no, I'm, I am your dad. <laughs> like that. And so um, it's, it's that standpoint and just the amount of support that they have given me through, because um, my son is five. So from his first year that, so from when he was born, I was off tour for a year. So he has understood of daddy being gone on tour for, for the better part of his life. So because I've been, since from, um, since he was two up to now, I've been gone on mm. tour. And so my daughter hasn't really felt that because from the time that she's been uh, born, born all the way up to now, I've been home. So it's like, it's one of those things to where it's even getting them un to understand that you all live in two reality, two different realities. That mm. when daddy is home and when daddy's not home. So it's, it's, juggling that that factor too and, and yeah. trying to create the normalcy in both realities of of where it's like 
you know, even though daddy is outperforming and working, I am still daddy. You can reach out to me anytime because I'm still daddy. And, I, and my son religiously called me every day when he was on the, on the way to school, no matter what. He didn't care what time zone I was in. He just knew it was like, I'm calling daddy because I'm on the way to school and I want to talk to daddy while I'm on the way to school. And so, yeah, so it's like, it's, it's being, it's no matter what, always understand it's like you have, I have these two young people that, that is still crazy to me, that, <laughs> that are looking to me for the comfort, support, and love of a father and not necessarily of the, the wowness of what it is that I'm doing in it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's funny um, that you say that because I've gotten very present to as I get older, right? That Jimmy King, the trumpeter is, is, is who you are, but it's not who you are, if that makes sense, right? That every, like we get so star struck and we look at people and we look and we say, well, they are who they are because of all the BS reasons that we create. But everybody wakes up every day, puts their pants on or, you know, goes to the bathroom and like functions as a human being, right? What we right. do is not necessarily who we are. It's a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. But your kid, the kids are the best measuring, right? They don't give a crap, right? No, no, they don't. They're, they're across the globe, right? You're my dad. And it's, it's funny how the influence of that presses on you because I never would have been at the high school if it wasn't for wanting to take care of my daughter and, and, and be home. I thought working the high school would give me more time. And, right? <laughs> right. But then right. when Ethan came along, right. Then it was all right. I can't, I can't be there for them the way I want to be there. And that's what moved our family to Florida. And the 16 years we've been here, the lives that we've been able to touch through our business. And now this, I mean, your kids define the experience. Yes. Yeah. They right. shape everything. They, they shape do. they shape all they shape everything. They shape the decisions. They shape they shape, you know, they even shape my drive to even want to succeed. You know, I, I don't even in the midst of it all, it's like I want to succeed to for them. Cause I want them to I wanna leave a a legacy for them that they can understand. And even if it's understanding that you can do whatever it is that you wanna do. Like you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish, and and it doesn't matter the ups and downs and the bumps that and detours that you experience. All that matters is your drive and desire to to complete the task at hand. Yeah, that's taking one task at right, complete yeah. the task at hand. That freaking brilliant. So um, as we wrap up, I've got to I got to ask this. So um, you met you know, um, our kids and, and both of them are creatives, right? Sophia is, um, a theater major and she's about to graduate and, and paying her dues. And Mm -hmm. Ethan is a monster jazz drummer. I mean, dude, this kid, like he's better than me. He's better than me. He, but he locks himself in, in behind the kit. He's playing probably two to three hours a day. Like, and he's got that passion and he's got that drive and he swings like a, I mean, he's got it. So um, for everybody out there, uh, now I'm asking jealously, right, or or selfishly for my kids, but for everybody out there, just kind of, they're in that, they're in the room, they're by themselves, they're just putting the time in, they're getting the rejection, or they're feeling shitty about their performance or whatever it is. What are you, talk about 
hey, wait, here's like, what is that? Uh, I would say, you know, the first thing is to learn from your mistakes and then move on. <laughs> Cause you know, we, we can't, we can't, especially if you have a bad performance, like you, you want to learn like why it was bad and then move on from it. But then I will press upon it. Like, don't think that the work that you're putting in is not going to manifest itself. Like it will. And don't ever measure yourself next to somebody else. You know, you always want to make, like, you are the measuring stick. You are the, you are the, 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 the uh, measuring stick for yourself of how you far you are growing. Not somebody else or not Instagram or anything like that. You have to be your own benchmark and measuring stick because then you are able to see how you are progressing. And, and how you are growing and understanding that, you know, people grow at different rates. And, and the, so the work that you're putting in is going to show itself. It, it, just, it just has to. That's just the natural. It's like two plus two equals four. That's just naturally what's going to happen. And um, another part, too, that um, I learned just early on is that being a great person matters being being humble matters like don't and excuse my life for this like don't be the asshole dude on the gig with the talent because you will not be called back like i i have i have seen it mm. i have had like when i was young enough to be the fly on the wall and hear people talk about everybody else like i that's how i learned and i was like that's why i was like i don't want to be that guy <laughs> You know what I mean? And, and it's like being a person, that kid, that people like to be around is important because it's like not only the thing about being about music and you playing music is like once you are out there playing, you are showing the people, you are sharing yourself with everybody. What you are working on as a creative, you're sharing yourself. And that creative flow is a, is a, special point to where we're talking with our instruments whatever our instrument is we're talking with each other and if there is a personal gripe or something or something i may not like like yeah the music may feel still feel good but it may not you may not feel that fulfillment that that you have when when there's a special euphoric moment to where everybody lines up is in, and is in sync you know and that happens because everybody is in sync <laughs> you know everybody has to be yeah everybody has to be connected like we're and that's and that's the big part so i will say man being is being a great person and knowing that work that you're putting in matters like it does matter and and that at some point you're going to see the fruit of, of your labor it's just you know just like when we plant seeds we're going to see some crop we may not we don't know how much crop but we're going to see we're going to see something yeah, so it's like it's it, that's just what we have to naturally do. Yeah, you know, I um, I'm listening to you and and our daughter Sophia. She's 21 and she's in theater, but Sophie brings not only acting, um, and she found that passion um, in her senior year at the end of her senior year, and then like you, just kind of has made up time, um, on the fly. You know what I mean? And and. Mm -hmm. 
but Sophie is an incredible artist and she played cello and I, and, and she's so freaking good at everything that she does, but she's also her hardest critic, which we all are, right? Apple oh, yeah. are from the tree. Yeah. We all do that. <laughs> and um, she's this beautiful soul, highly um, talented. But in that moment of where is all of this going? Yeah. And I love what you just talked about, right? It's who you are that matters. And I'm so stinking proud of who she is. I know that how, how she shows up and how he shows up, like it's, that's, I love just hearing that. The biggest, the talented a-hole in the room is not gonna be called back, no. right? It's who you are that ultimately matters. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good, man, really good. So selfishly, right, I'm, I'm asking for my children because I just think they're both exceptional, but I appreciate that because everybody else will get those, <laughs> will get those nuggets. <laughs> Awesome. Well, dude, I could talk to you for, for hours just on crazy yeah, stuff, too. right? Yeah, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> I, uh, I said it on the intro, and I'll say it to you for everyone. Um, proud of you doesn't even come close. Um, and, and not for all that you've done. It's, it's who you are through the process. You know, there's artists like... Um, I respect, there's a couple of people who I really respect that are out there in the public eye, one of them actually being Kelly Clarkson, because um, she retained who she was through everything. Mm -hmm. um, and Eli Manning on the, one of the biggest stages, because that dude just, right, his character. Right. Right. And, and you're one of those guys, James. Like, I'm just so, see, there's the James. I'm just yeah. so proud of you for doing what you've done and being who you are and now being able to teach that to your kids. Um, dude, that's what it's all about. I, I really, you know, I'm just, you're like a little kid, you are like, you know, a, a little, uh, you're not my kid, but you might as well be like, I'm just that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That means a lot. That, that means a lot. I, I really uh, can impart just like, just how much you imparted onto me and to hear those words like that, that truly means a lot. It really, really does. Awesome. So thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I will take that. I remember your dad calling me, you know, that day and thank you for everything you've done for my, I just stopped. There was a moment in time where everything stopped. And, and when you're in this kind of role, so I've learned over time that my calling in life is helping others find their creative, their created purpose, I call it, right? That God mm -hmm. does create us for purpose. And when your dad called me that day, it was like everything stopped. And it was just one of those moments like, okay, you're, keep going, keep doing, keep pouring. And I needed this conversation today to remind me, right? Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Yes. Yeah. I definitely understand. Yeah, it, was, it was rejuvenating. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, listen, um, send me, do me a favor when we're done. Well, I'll talk to you about it. When, let's wrap this up. So um, anything you want to share with anybody before we wrap up? Uh, no, no, I know. I think I shared a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, um, I want the audience to support you. So I always ask, how do people find you and support you? Yeah. So you can find me on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, it's I T S J I M M Y K I N G. So it's Jimmy King. Um, I'm at the moment to where I am in the midst of going into the studio to, to finish my album. And so I'm trying to do that in, you know, COVID-19 had other 
and, and the plants, which is fine. That's fine. So, um, yeah, you know, keep it, keeping abreast of that and just some other things on the horizon that, that I have coming up that I'm still trying to, trying to work through and see. So I don't necessarily want to just outright and say, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Everything I, I usually release on uh, social media. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure everybody follows. It's Jimmy King. And uh, thank you, brother, for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation, man. This was, this was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, there you have it. I am just absolutely blown away by what Jimmy King has uh, not only accomplished, but what he just shared on writing your narrative and um, moving in your life. I can't, I can't, uh, there's just so much in there. That is a podcast episode that I would, I would recommend you listen to a couple of times. There's so many deep nuggets in what we just talked about. Do yourself a favor, right? Don't just do it through one pass. Go back, maybe write some things down. But all we ask is please share it. Get this out there. This is our purpose. This, our purpose is to help people um, move forward, excel in life. That's my mission, passion, and purpose. Um, and as we wrap up, um, I would ask, go to you know John Puritz on Facebook. And check out, um, check out our patron page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-A-O-N, I think it is, Patreon, and um, yeah, something like that, patreon.com, and uh, John Puritz on Facebook, the business page, I'll put a link there, but if you uh, want to support us in a way, you know, a couple of bucks a month or something like that, we'll make sure you get some special goodies, but uh, we want to get this out there, and if you've ever thought of supporting uh, the podcast, that would be a great way to do it. So with that, my friends, um, more to come on the Man Up Already podcast. We got another guy coming up soon um, that is so freaking out of the box. He inspires me in such a way. There's such great guests coming on the podcast. Tune in as, as we kind of keep going here and uh, in the COVID era. Be safe, be happy, be healthy, and remember, there is a creative purpose behind everything for you. Um, we just got to go do the work and we got a man up. Take care, guys. Bye.